Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Welcome back. We are so happy to be with you again here in season four on the Gather Moms podcast. And we are talking all about more. And Rebecca, what do you want us to have more of as moms with your mom hack today? Listen, I love me some mom hacks. And now that we're talking about it, I feel like my radars are up. Same. And so Same. Every time I see something like on the internet or on social about mom hacks, I'm like, oh, is that a good one? Yeah. Some of them aren't good. No. Stop it. No, you sent me one because we've been sending them back and forth to each other. <laughs> and you it got me so tickled because you found this mom hack and it was basically like, what, five frozen chicken nuggets? Yes. That is not a mom <laughs> hack, y'all. That's frozen food, dog. That's frozen food. <laughs> now, an air fryer, that's a mom hack to to make the chicken yeah. nugget, frozen chicken nugget. But yeah. yes, no, ma'am. Yeah. Okay, so... I am thinking about my closet these days. Okay. We're heading into fall. Yeah. I get super excited about fall clothes. Yes. And so I was thinking about some mom hacks that might help us with our closets. Okay, For great. the fall. So um, a couple ideas. Number one, I have all these flip-flop sandals everywhere. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm not a big fan of shoe boxes. You know how you put your shoes in boxes at the end of the season or whatever? Ooh, do people do that? Whoa, I don't know. Oh, do you that. don't do that? No. Oh. I do. And then I shove all the boxes at the bottom of my closet, and then they just fall over. Anyway, it's wow. frustrating. Okay. So I saw this mom hack where you take a hanger, like the plastic one you get at Target, and it has the shoulder indentions. Do you yeah. know where it's got the little indention in the hanger? Uh-huh. And you put one flip-flop on each side of the hanger so it hooks into the shoe indention. Okay. And you hang it at the top of your closet. You know, we all have like a rack at the top of our closet. We can't reach anyway. I'm not going up there. Okay. So hang all your flip-flops and sandals up there. It gets them off the floor. Wow. I like that. I think that might work. That's good. Okay. The second one, jeans. Yeah. Okay. So organizing jeans. I have my jeans on pant hangers. Right. Same. And it's very cumbersome. Because the pant hangers, I don't know, they just get tangled a little bit. Okay. And it takes up a ton of space. So I found a mom hack where you take shower curtain hangers. Yes. And you hook your jeans with their belt loop on the shower curtain hanger. And you hang your jeans that way. You actually can fit more jeans in a row with the shower curtain hook than with the pant hanger. I like that. Isn't that genius? I love it. So for me, though, I guess I'm thinking like logistically, I'm like trying to plan this out in my mind. I My pants are like on the on a lower rack, uh-huh. so they're folded in half. Oh, you fold yours in half. Yeah. That's like a whole nother step. <laughs> I don't got time for that step. But I think that, I think that idea with the hook is really great because then you can see the jeans. Because yes. I'm always also like, okay, I have these three dark pair of jeans, but this one's really my favorite. Yes, yes. Am I grabbing the right ones? Exactly. Or yeah. if you've got like jeans with holes in it and you're like, which one has the hole with the appropriate hole yeah. that I can, oh, I got to wear a long shirt with this one. Uh-huh. I don't know. These are the things that go through my head. Yeah. Because um, whenever I see Steve and Judy, they're like, did you pay money for those jeans? For your holy on? jeans? Yes. Yeah. I'm like, yes, probably a lot of money. <laughs> anyway, it's a great idea for your jeans. You could use them for pants too, but I think for jeans, it's a great way to organize them in your closet. I love both of those ideas. One more. Oh, more. I'm telling you, more, I'm hooking people more. up. Okay, okay, so the other thing I struggle with is my jewelry. 
Yeah. And I have too much. Same. I do. I just, I need to stop buying it. I don't yeah. need any more. Yeah. And I have favorites. Uh-huh. So I'm really not wearing all the things. Yeah. So an ice cube tray. Okay. You put it in your jewelry drawer. Okay. And you separate all your necklaces into each of the little cubes. That's super So that cute. they don't get tangled. And I have some of those jewelry boxes with the holes, but yeah. they're expensive. Yeah. Like some of those things are nice because they like put velvet on them or yeah. something. Ice cube trays are cheap. I mean, dollar sure. Yeah. And they're um, they're kind of skinny. So you could fit several in a row in your drawer and you could organize all your jewelry. Yeah, you're right. And even if you could double them up, you could put like your favorite thing or whatever on top. Yes. You know, I do. I struggle. I have to redo my jewelry box all the time because sometimes I keep up with it really well and put things back where they go. But most of the time, I'm just like throwing things yes. back in there. And then I'm like untangling five necklaces to get the one out that I want. Yes. So In my dream life, one day when I'm probably 85 and I have my dream closet, which I won't need when I'm 85 because I'm not going to go anywhere. Yeah. So I'm not going to need that. Never say never, Rebecca. You might be touring the world. Oh, Tell me about girl. Jesus. <laughs> I would have like all these places in my closet for like hanging jewelry, hanging jewelry and yes. studs yeah. and shoes. I would love to have like a purse shelf. Yeah. I mean, I have dreams for my closet, but I have three kids right. that all want to go to college. Yes. So it's not happening. So it's dollar store. Anytime soon. Ice cube trays. So for dollar now. store ice cube trays. I love that. So those are a few mom hack ideas that I thought would be great for the season. And so just good. for fun. Do you have a fall trend that you're so looking forward to? Like for this fall 2021? For this fall 2021. I have to tell you, I am kind of out on fashion right now. <gasps> this, this, like my heart hurts. Does it? Kate, you always have like a board on your computer, like a, <laughs> what do you call it? A lookbook? Uh, like a style guide or like something? Like I remember what, on one of our podcasts you said, oh, that's on my desktop right now. It's one of my things I want. I was shopping. What happened? Well, listen, okay, we're in so 90s right now that it's just hard for me. You know, like the shackets and the white boots and the big jeans and the crop tops. And I'm just really struggling to get on board with these things, you know? Now, I love my favorite fall trend, but it's been this way for several years, is a dreamer sweater, um, leggings, and tennis shoes. You know? Yes. That is my fall wardrobe. So, and I think this year I'm going to buy the Spanx leather leggings. Oh, listen, that's the Insta influencer coming out right now. Uh-huh. We've I'm been go, seeing it. I'm going to go try it out because I haven't, I haven't taken the leap, but you know, I wear leggings almost every day. Yes. So I need to add some more to my wardrobe because literally that's what I'll wear is a sweater. Listen, moms, we are not in style magazine. Okay. Yeah. I looked it up this morning. I am not wearing pants with holes in them. It's like cutouts or something or, or jackets with cutouts yeah. or these very large plaid things that look like a man would wear. They're so everything is I'm not so doing big it. and baggy. I'm not doing it. Yeah. So listen, let's take, come together right now. Okay. We're gonna do our own thing. Okay. This fall, we're gonna do the mom trend. Okay. We're gonna do the leggings. Maybe we step it up with some spanks. Yeah. What? Yeah. I think there's an Amazon version too. So okay, fantastic. And we're gonna wear long sweaters. Yeah. And we're gonna wear our hair in a bun. Yes. With a hat. Yeah. And we are going to love our life. Love our lives. Yes. That is my that is my fall, you know, costume, wardrobe, what's it called? I don't know. Clothing. Clothing. Yes. And, yes. you know, this is what I this is what I wear every day. So I look forward to that. I I love about fall. I mean, I love a crisp morning when it's cooler and yes. crisp evenings and oh, it's we, coming. We've gotten a little barely a little taste of that. No. Here. Liars. <laughs> Weathermen are liars. Just not. I have not tasted the crispness. Oh. 
this it's coming. Something. I have hope. Yeah. I have hope. Yeah. But here's the thing. Every fall, I kind of do an audit of my closet. Yeah. Where you just need to go through, decide, you know, some things I keep for several seasons. And then it, it does. It hits its end. Yeah. You know, it's like, all right, you done. Yeah. I've stitched that small hole many uh-huh. times. Uh-huh. I'm going to go ahead and let you go. Um, jeans, you know, you just, I don't wear them all. So why am I keeping them? Yeah. You know, let's just take out the stuff. So I need to do an audit. What doesn't fit? Um, what do I still love? Cause some things I'm really excited to like yeah. pull back out of the closet and wear again. Or what do I want to splurge for? You know, I think moms, we all need a splurge. Yes. Pick one thing that you're like, Ooh, I really want that this year. Buy everything else from the dollar store. Yeah. And just go buy that one thing and just enjoy your life. But an audit means to investigate or examine. It's like looking closely at something to make sure that it's working like it should. Um, Is there anything I could do to change it or revise it or make it better? So, Kate, what are some things that you audit in your life sometimes? Maybe not like every year, but maybe like every once in a while you're like, let's take an audit of this and figure out if we're doing it the best way possible. Yeah, we just had my least favorite audit. Uh, Jeremy and I had to sit down and go over our finances and look at our budget because like some things have gotten out of control. Hey, it's not shopping because you haven't shopped. Oh my gosh. But it's like, so we do these envelopes. They're like digital envelopes. And so whenever we spend money, you know, he pulls it out of the envelope. So it's like we, years ago, we did Dave Ramsey's um, financial piece and we had like literal paper envelopes. Well, then you're carrying around a lot of cash. So anyway, we switched these digital and it's been great. But what can start to happen is, you know, like in August, we had a crazy month and we just ate out all the time. Well, all of a sudden, that envelope is negative hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And you're like, uh-oh. you yes. know. So we have to sit down and audit and go, well, dang, we have to now pull money from savings to cover that envelope. And, you know, you have to sit down and go, okay, uh, where have we just gotten out of control where we haven't been paying attention? And now these things that we really wanted, these goals we had, now we're further back because we weren't paying attention here. Exactly. Yeah. And so it was... It's painful, and I have to, like, I I used to be terrible about having these financial conversations, and I have to psych myself up now and go, Kate, remove the emotion from this. We're just looking at numbers, you know? But it was good because we sat down and we looked at everything and we made a new plan, and, and so it's healthy and it's helpful, but I don't enjoy it. No, I love what you said about we need to pay attention. I think that's what an audit is. It's paying attention. So many things in our life we just, you know, head down, Go get it done, get to the end of the week, and then by that time it's the end of the month, and then it's the end of the year. So an audit is just a chance for you to stop and pay attention to something in your life. And there's one area that I think we as moms should take an audit of, and we're going to talk about it today because it's what I think we need more of. We need more prayer. So I think as moms, we need to take an audit of our prayer life. And so I'm going to ask a few questions right now. So moms, wherever you're listening, just answer these in your head or out loud if you want to as I go through them, because I want you to take a quick prayer audit. How often do you pray? Mm. Like if you really sat down and thought about it, I think some of us would answer easily, oh, I pray all the time. Uh And I think we do. Like I think, you know, we're constantly like throwing stuff up to God, but that's not really praying. That's, that's. Um, Hey, God, can you, hey, will you fix, Uh you know, that's not, you're not communicating with God. You're just dropping something, you know, towards him. Sure. So I think that praying all the time is great, but when do you actually sit down and intentionally pray? Okay. How often do you do that? Good question. Number two, where do you pray? Do you have a spot in your house or um, in your backyard, on your back porch, in your bedroom? Do you have a chair? 
this is not an essential, yeah. but what I found for myself is having my prayer spot is actually really comforting. I agree. Because when I go to that place, it's like I know what I'm about to do. I know what I feel when I'm in that place with God. So where do you pray? Do you yeah. have a spot? Yeah, it's a great question. Number three, what do you pray most often about? Mm. Is there something that's heavy on your heart right now? Or is there just something that's really important to you that you just pray constantly? Yeah. Your children's friends, your future, your finances. Uh, is there somebody in your life that's struggling health-wise? What do you pray most often about? I think that says a lot about where our hearts are mm. when we think about what we're constantly praying about. That's so interesting because I'm thinking right now, I'm answering that question for myself. And for me, part of my practice, because I can be a control freak. I know that's crazy. You would never think oh, that about me, that. Rebecca. But I have to lay down on the floor in the morning, get on my knees and put my hands out, you know, in, like in child's pose and just say, God, I give you this day. It's yours. You take control. So good. You lead. You show me. Yes. Um, because it helps me to physically demonstrate what I want in my heart, you know, that same posture. Yes. And there are times when I have to get back down on the floor multiple times, yes. you know. Um, and so whether it's this rug in here or in my bedroom, you know, there's, there's a drop-down moment, yes. hopefully, in every day for me. Well, and I love that. I love that posture idea because I think that's new for me in my prayer life is I used to be like, I, it doesn't matter where I'm sitting or what I'm doing. I can just – I can pray laying in my bed. But there's something about your posture – uh, physically, that I think helps the posture of your heart. Agree. Yeah. Last question. Who is praying for you? Mm. I don't think we ever ask ourselves that question because we're moms. Yeah. We pray for everybody. That's right. But who's praying for you? Mm -hmm. You know, do you have someone in your life that you know prays for you on a regular basis or somebody safe that you know you can go to with a big request or something that's really um, heavy on your heart? Yeah. And don't be afraid to ask people to pray for you. Yeah. I think that's, I think for, I mean, that might be what you needed to hear today, moms, is you need to find somebody that's going to pray for you. Yeah. And, you know, that's such an interesting thing. I'm so glad you brought that up because for me, it's hard to ask. It's really hard for me to ask other people to do things for me. I always want to be the one doing the things for the other people, you know? And so I think, um, but this idea is so important to have somebody that's that's got your back in the heavenlies, you know, that's fighting for you in the spiritual realms. And uh, even though that was hard for me to pursue, I think just starting to pray to God about, hey, I know that I need to have somebody praying for me. Would you show me who that is? Would you lead their heart also? Well, and to know that it's a spiritual gift for somebody else yeah. to intercede for you. So by you asking somebody to pray for you, you're actually allowing them to use their spiritual gift. Yes. Because there are people whose spiritual gift is to intercede for others. Right. So don't take that joy away from them by not asking, but go ahead and ask and let somebody get to step into that gap for you. Yeah. Once we know what our prayer life looks like today, then we can make plans for what we want it to be. Because I think there's always room for us to say, man, I wish I could do this more. I wish I had more time for this. I wish I knew more about what it meant to pray so that I could actually pray more intelligently. All yeah. these things are good things. And the Bible has so much to say about prayer. Examples of prayer, kinds of prayer, so many people in the Bible that prayed. I mean, there's you could really do a deep dive in yeah. Scripture just about prayer. But I want us to talk about what makes prayer hard for us. Because I do think it's one of those spiritual disciplines that people struggle with. Mm -hmm. um, we think we're great prayers, but then, like, when I actually sit down to pray, sometimes I'm a little stumped. Yeah. Like, okay, well, what do I do in this moment? So here's a few things that prayer is not. 
first of all, prayer is not a way that we bring honor to ourselves. Mm. So, so many mamas that I know, they don't like to pray in public. You know, it's one of those things that maybe even started as children where they just didn't like the attention. And then you have other people that love to pray. You know, it's like that kid in your youth group. Like yeah. the pastor said, who's going to pray? He always raised his hand. Uh-huh. None of those are bad. Neither one of those is bad. But I do think we have to remember that prayer is not about what other people are thinking of me when I'm praying, but it's really what my God is thinking. Yeah. So just let that go. Prayer is not about bringing any honor to yourself. It's not a way that we impress God. I grew up one of those like achiever kids. And so I wanted to always do more, like more words on the report, more practice questions for math, more perfect handwriting for the teacher, because we're trying to impress, you know, we want to earn approval. And sometimes we take that to God and I think, oh, well, if I use fancy words or if I talk for a really long time about this, Uh no, we're not trying to impress God. Yeah. God knows our heart. He doesn't even need you to say the words out loud because he already knows what's in there. So just take that off your plate too. Prayer is not a way that we impress God. Prayer does not bother God. Mm. Do you ever feel like you're bothering God? Well, yeah. I think sometimes when things feel small and it's like he's got bigger fish to fry, you know, <laughs> and and I think, oh, man, you know, if this feels silly to even bring to him. But when I look at Scripture, Scripture isn't, you know, stark contradiction to that. You know, when we look at Psalm 139 where it says, you see my going out and my lying down, you know, you know, when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. I mean, he he already knows every single thing that's going on. And there is nothing too small to bring to him. He wants to be in control and integral in every single part of my life. That's what we're going for here. Yes. And so even the, the smallest in my mind thing, I can bring to him. Yes. I think I think of that... Um TikTok or real where the mom is listening to her kid talk about Minecraft uh-huh. and they're like, mm-hmm, uh-huh. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because <laughs> seriously, there are some things that my kids, I'm like, I don't need to hear anymore. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. You can go now. Yeah. God never says that. Moms, don't put who we are as moms on God and That's make right. him be that way. He's not. Right. He is never bothered by you. He's never tired of you. Yeah. He's never, because I think sometimes we get frustrated with ourselves because we're like, oh, I got to pray about this again because I messed up again. He is not put out with you. Yeah. Like his character is always drawing near to you. Yes. He loves you. Yes. First uh, Peter 3 12 says for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. Mm. He wants to hear you. You are not bothering God with your prayers. And last thing, prayer is not a negotiation. Mm. So I think a lot of times we come to God to strike a deal. That's right. Okay, God, uh-huh. if I promise to do this, will you promise to do this? Yes. And we just, we think, you know, maybe we can win God over. Like, okay, what can I offer you today to yeah. make you get on my side? For sure. And I, and maybe not consciously, obviously, you know, because we know better than to like <laughs> to try to actually strike a deal with him. But I think a lot of times we, we might do that in our hearts, you know. Um, and sometimes I think that's why it's helpful to have somebody else that's praying for us or a mentor in our life that goes, hey, you know, you're you're trying to hold out on God to, to negotiate here, and that's not how it works. If he's asking you to do something and step out in obedience, you just go ahead and step out, even if you're not getting what you want out of the deal. Exactly, because you know? I think the point of a negotiation is for me to get something. Yeah. You know, I negotiate with my kids to get a few minutes alone. Yeah. Or I negotiate with my husband to go shopping yeah. or, you know, or for him to do household chores. It's not a negotiation with God. Yeah. 
God loves you so much and already wants the best for you. Right. He's not holding out on you. No. Like he's not keeping something good back because he wants to see how hard you'll work for it or God always wants good for his children. Yes. And so just like Kate said, if you feel like the Lord's asking you to do something, it's not because you're going to get something in return, which you actually will. Sure. But it's that you're uh, honoring God with your obedience and doing whatever he asks you to do. So, so interesting. You and I um, have been mentored by the same women and um, it was around the time uh, we had been trying to get pregnant with Caroline, Jeremy and I. So, you know, uh, Lydia is, well, Caleb's 13, Lydia is eight, and then Caroline is five. So there's a huge gap between um, Caleb and Caroline. Am I saying all my kids' names right? I think you did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just texted somebody and said the wrong kid's name. But there's just too many kids. Too all many right. kids. But anyway, um, we had been praying to have a third child for a long time, uh, you know, because Lydia was almost six by the time Caroline was actually born. Anyway, we couldn't figure out why we weren't getting pregnant. It was very hard. Um, And I sometimes am reticent to tell that story because people are like, Kate, you already had two kids. Like, who are you to be asking for a third child? Well, I can't explain it. It was just my heart. Right. You know, I knew that we wanted that third child and it was so painful because it was like, what is wrong with me? Why, why are we not able to have this third kid? The other ones were so easy. Anyway, so we were um, sitting down with the mentor and I said, I said, well, you know, I, I can feel, I know I've got too much going on with ministry. I can feel the Lord asking me to walk away and I know it'll be time. And when I have that third kid, then I, I know it's time to take a break and kind of just put, put the, put the brakes on teaching Bible studies. I know that's what he's calling me to. And Tanya was our mentor and she looked at me and she said, so you're holding God hostage. Like you're negotiating with him that once he gives you this third kid, then You'll walk away from Mm -hmm. these things that he's Mm -hmm. already telling you to take a break from. Right. You know? Right. And it was just so eye-opening for me. I had no idea I was even doing that. Right. You know? But I was trying to negotiate with the Lord. And, you know, I needed to, he was calling me to walk away because teaching and stuff had become very anxiety-ridden for me. It was hard and it was stressful. And I think he wanted me to pull back, you know. And it was amazing when I did step out in obedience. And it doesn't always happen this way. But I stepped out in obedience. And three months later, we were pregnant, Uh you know. Yeah. And I took almost two years off from teaching. And I had been teaching since I was in seventh grade teaching Bible study. Right. But I took two years off. And then when the Lord said, okay, you're ready, I was ready to go back. Yes. And everything changed. I don't have anxiety attacks about teaching anymore, you know. Right. There's so much more confidence that it's him speaking and I don't, he did an incredible work. Yes. And I'm so thankful for spiritual advisors and, you know, just being able to see, Hey, God's calling you to do something, do it. Even if you don't get what you want out of this. Oh, I love what you said about having that person in your life where you can kind of say it out loud to them and then go, wait a minute. Am I hearing you say, yeah. cause just like you said, sometimes when we're sitting by ourselves, we don't understand what's happening inside of us yeah. or how those words are coming out. So for you to have somebody safe, a prayer mentor for you to say, this is what's really on my heart. And for them to be able to say, okay, wait a minute, let's look at that. Yeah. Are you holding God hostage? Are you trying to negotiate? Are you not being obedient until the gift comes? Mm-hmm. It was just so good for you to have somebody to talk about that with. So good. So good. And and laying all that down was very painful because I I loved teaching the Bible, even even though I was struggling with anxiety. Um, and it was hard for me to let it down and, and trust him. Honestly, I struggled with that. But my goodness, I'm so thankful for where I am today and that he gave me the courage to step out in obedience. Well, and you'll never talk. I mean, I say this. I hope I'm right. You'll never talk to a believer that stepped out in obedience and, you know, not 
received more in return than what they thought they were going to get. I think so. I think that's what I typically hear. Yes. So in scripture, uh, in Matthew, where we have the Lord's Prayer, it says, pray then like this. And I looked up the Greek for that word pray. And it's um, the word, I'm going to see if I can say this right, prosyukome. That sounds great, buddy. Okay. (laughs) When you break that word down, pros, the very first part of that word means toward. Okay. Or exchange. Okay. You're drawing toward God. You're exchanging something with God. The last part of that verse, the last part of that word, yukame, means to wish or pray. And so as I was reading in the commentaries, the idea is that you're exchanging wishes with God. Okay. So you're coming to God with a wish that you have, and then you're exchanging it with him. Okay. And I think this is natural for us as moms. We naturally come to God with our wishes. Here's what I want for myself, for my kids, for my home, for my finances. Hey, God, this is what I think would be best, right? This is what I think. Mom knows best. Mm -hmm. Here's God. Hear what I think. And I want every mom to hear today that it is okay for you to come to God with those wishes. Yes. With what you think is best, with what you, you know, in your limited perspective can see that God would would do. But it's the second part of this verse that's so important where it says we exchange it Mm. with God. You're bringing your wish to God, but then you're exchanging it with his wishes. Yes. Another commentator said it like this. Interacting with the Lord by switching human wishes for his wishes as he imparts faith. That's good. And so let's unpack that because there's so much good stuff in here. The first part says to interact. And so I just want to remind us that prayer is not talking to God, but it's talking with God. Yeah. So tell me more about that because I think that's hard. I think that's hard for people to understand. Like, And it's hard for me sometimes um, because it's hard when I'm praying to get out of my own head. You know, and for, for me, sometimes that means I have to just lay on the floor and breathe in and out. And sometimes I just tell myself, breathe in peace, breathe out anxiety, you know, yeah. breathe in God, breathe out Kate, you know, yes. like where I'm taking him in just to slow my mind because sometimes it's just hard to sit in his presence and hear from him. I just want you to imagine like the best conversation you've ever had with someone you love, like a time when you hung out with someone that you love dearly. And you walked away and you felt so full and so loved. And think about what it took for that conversation, for that moment to happen. Were you the only one talking? Mm. No, you were probably both talking. Yeah. Like both people were getting to share their thoughts. Yeah. Were you just talking? Were you asking questions? Mm. Were you listening? Yes. In order to have a great conversation, you're not the only one talking. Yeah. You're asking questions. You're listening for that other person. In great conversations, you get feedback, Yeah, right? It's not just that the other person just always agrees with you. That's awesome. You're wonderful. You're always so right. Oh, my gosh. Wow, that's so great. You know, no, they're giving you feedback. Well, what if you thought about it this way? Or I don't know. Let me tell you what happened in my life and how it worked out. There's always this give and take. There's feedback. And sometimes it's difficult to hear that feedback. But you usually walk away going, oh, I'm so glad they shared that. I hadn't yeah. thought about that. And then there's always encouragement. There's always both sides giving the other person something to say, oh, great job, or I just love that about you. And I think sometimes when we come to God, we don't expect him to give all that back to us because we're so busy talking about ourselves. Yeah. So think about a conversation with God being like a conversation you have with someone you love. Mm -hmm. Tell them how great they are. I love telling the people I love how great they are. Yeah. But then guess what? God's going to tell you how great you are too Mm -hmm. because he loves you. You're made in his image. He thinks you're amazing. Uh, Ask for feedback. 
hey, what do you think about this, God? Instead of just talking, ask him to actually talk back to you. Yeah. And I know that sounds a little bit weird to like think about sitting by yourself in your room, you know, talking to God and asking for feedback. But I just want you to hear me say that God is never not talking to us. Yeah. He's never silent. When you come to God with a need and a question, he is eager and ready to speak into that. So if it means you sit still, like Kate said, and you just breathe in and breathe out and just ask the Lord to speak to you, um, ask questions of God. You know, God, what do you think about this? Do I have this the wrong way? Is there a different perspective? Think about having a conversation with God like you have it with someone that you love, because this is how we spend time with God in prayer. It's an interaction that involves talking and listening. That's so good. So I think, you know, to just to be clear, I think sometimes there will be times when we may hear the Spirit audibly tell us something in exchange, right? Where we're talking to God and then we hear God say yes or no or remind us of a truth. But I think primarily, right, we're hearing back from God through His Word, through the Bible, right? Yes. And so as we are praying and seeking then we ask him to show us in his word, what what do you have to say to me about this? What is your response? Yes. And I think for me, that's one of the reasons why journaling my prayers is so helpful because I so often see God have a conversation with me through the writing, mm-hmm. right? I start yes. off doing exactly what you've talked about where I'm saying, God, I don't understand. I'm feeling this way. I need help here. And then he starts bringing scriptures to my mind or I start looking in the word. And by the time I get to the end of my prayer, things have changed considerably because I've heard answers from him and I have clarity and direction. And for me, it helps me to journal that out to kind of see that process work rather than uh, there are times when I just sit and talk to him. But for me, the journaling is especially helpful. No, I think that's great. And I am actually not a journaler for my prayers, but I have a way that I pray where I've got some note cards and I've got some things that kind of guide me. And honestly, moms, that's like a whole nother like tangent that we could go off on. So maybe we'll offer that on Patreon as an extra. I think that might be a cool extra for those of you that are Patreon members, just some examples of how people pray, because that's always really helpful to me when I hear about that. The second part uh, in that definition where I said interacting with God, hang on, interacting with the Lord by switching human wishes for his wishes as he imparts faith. It's that idea of switching, Mm -hmm. right? Um, We come to God with our mama knows best, But we have to lay that down at God's feet, and then we have to be willing to receive whatever he's giving back, whatever he thinks is best, whatever he thinks is best. It's never wrong to pour out what I think before the Lord. He already knows it, Mom, because he knows what's on your heart. So you saying it out loud is not like a surprise to him. He's like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea you were thinking that. He already knows it. But sometimes when I can say it out loud and hand it off to him, then I can see how I really am thinking too small. Like Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking of my comfort or what's easiest for me or, and when I'm able to receive back from God, what his perspective is, Uh y'all, his perspective is unlimited. His purpose is sovereign. His idea for your life goes so far beyond what you can imagine. Yeah. God wants you to have the best. Uh And so let's lay our wishes before the Lord, but then let's be willing to receive back from him what he actually desires for us. Yeah. Isaiah 55, 9 says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. We have to be willing to receive back from the Lord what he actually wants for us. 
Yes. And like you're saying, I mean, my perspective is so limited, you know? And so what I can see about what I want, it's like going to an expert and getting feedback on financial planning or something. These people have a complete understanding of what stocks to buy. I, I don't know those things. So it, it's silly for me to like say, oh, well, put $5,000 on what? I don't know. Yeah. You know, yeah. go to the expert who knows, who can see the big picture and say, this is what I feel like would be best, but I really want what is your best. And so God, I'm exchanging my wishes for yours. Exactly. And the most important part of this whole thing, I think is where it says, and he imparts faith mm. because all too often we think when we come to God and we want to receive his wishes, that it's something about what I can do, right? Okay, God, what do you need me to do? How can I make this work? It's that control factor of wanting to like take it back from the Lord and go, okay, I got this. Okay, okay, you want me to do that? Okay, I got it. Uh-huh. But I think the most important thing is for us to realize that he imparts faith to us. He has the means, the character, the power to meet us in our weakness. Yeah. And those areas that I don't have enough, he is enough. Yes. And so he wants to share with me his power. Yes. His abilities. His right. strength. So there's not anything that I can do to make it happen. Yeah. It's that open hand to the Lord saying, I want to receive what you have for me, and I want you to help me have the faith to do it. And literally, I have found myself praying. I have a prayer request right now that I've been praying. And I literally sit before the Lord and I say, I don't have this. Mm. Like, I want to have this character, but I don't have it, God. I'm just being honest with you. I don't really want it. Mm. I don't really like it. So God, can you impart that to me? Because I don't have the means to be that person. So, God, can you help me be that person? Hmm. He gives us his desires. He gives us his peace. He gives us his forgiveness. He meets us in our unbelief, and he helps us believe. Yes. And I, I love what you're talking about because I think you're talking about spirit. I think you're talking about the Holy Spirit. And in this modern fast-moving world that we live in, I think we downplay so often and just even forget the power of the Holy Spirit, you know? Yeah. I mean, that is why Jesus had to die on the cross, right? To make a way for us to go to heaven and so that he could send back the Holy Spirit yes. to be our comforter, our counselor, um, through through which we're able to pray the things of God that gives us the power of God yes. to enact the things of God, exactly. you know? Exactly. And we just forget that like the same spirit that lived inside of Jesus that gave him the ability to know God's will, to walk in God's ways, to work God's miracles, that same spirit lives in every one of us. That's right. And so we have this ability in the same way that Jesus talked to the father, we can talk to the father. We can be in unity with him, knowing his ways, knowing his will. Yeah. And the more that we pray and ask, God, help me to know your wishes. Help me to walk in your ways. It is amazing when he opens our eyes to say, go talk to that person. Yes. Don't spend this money here. Yes. I need you to spend it somewhere else. Yes. Um, as God has been, this has been a neat journey for me in the last few years, just more of spirit filled living. And Rebecca, for the first time ever, I mean, I'm having visions yeah, where I see something happen. Yeah. And then he says, now go do it. And then I walk out in faith and then I get to see in the physical side of thing, the thing happening yes. that he gave to me in a vision, Yes, you yes. know, yes. and I'm not trying to get weird or that would be like a whole different thing, but I just want to say, Listen, you already talked about the audible voice of God. We got weird, like, way <laughs> earlier in this episode, so come on now. 
I just think we're missing out. There's just so much more. I think we're, we've talked about this before, but we're just settling yeah. in our relationship with God. And if we would, if we would be open to what he has for us and in, in living and walking with him in the spirit, our prayer lives would just blow up. Listen, I want you guys to imagine it like tandem skydiving. Okay. Okay. Do you know what tandem skydiving is? Sure. It's the type of skydiving where a student connects themselves to a harness to the instructor and they jump together. Oh, I love that, Becca. Mamas, listen, we are the student. Yeah. God is the instructor and we are connecting ourselves to him through this harness, this Holy Spirit power, and we're jumping with him. Mm -hmm. You are not jumping alone. You are not in this by yourself. You are not the only one that cares about your kids or their futures or your finances or your anxiety or your mom friends or your health. God cares about all those things, and he wants to connect to you, and he wants to jump with you because guess what? When you jump with the instructor, you don't fall. That's right. He's got you. Yeah, you feel safe. You You know that someone's got it. They understand what's going on. I want you to know that we spend our time and energy trying to make the lives around us better. Everybody around us, we're doing all the things for them. We're washing sheets so beds can be clean, packing lunches with little love notes so our kids know they're thinking about them when we're at school. You drive them to all the things so you can have that like 10 minutes in the car where like they might talk to you and uh-huh. like tell you what happened during uh-huh. their day. You research food allergies and acne treatments and tech safety. You find them tutors. You buy them instruments, cars, college scholarships, the, yeah. their favorite shoes. Yeah. We're doing all these things for the people around us. But do we spend as much time caring for the people around us by spending time with God in prayer? Wow. Because that's where the power is, yes. is when I go before the Lord in prayer. And I share all these things that I want for the, for myself and the people around me with the person that actually has the power to do it. Yeah, He wants to meet you in your doubt, your anxiety, your fear. He wants to give you, gift you his will, his goodness, his truth. Mamas, that happens in prayer. Yeah. We need more prayer. And to to end this episode, all I wanted to do was just read scripture. I just wanted to read a passage of scripture that I think wherever you are right now, if you're doing laundry or walking around your neighborhood or sitting in your car, would you just let these words wash over you? And as I read them, would you just pray with me that this would be our prayer? Romans 8, verse 18, it says, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan. Even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. And we too wait with eager hope for the day that God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he's promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. And moms, if we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't have yet, then we have to wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. 
And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance. He chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God has himself given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity, are persecuted, hungry, destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are being killed every day, we are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Mamas, we need more prayer. Yeah. Go find a time to pray before the Lord today and make that a priority more than anything else that anybody in your in your life that you love needs, they need you to be a praying mama. That's right. Love you, moms. See you later. Do you know a mom who needs support and encouragement? Send her the link to the Gather Moms podcast today and connect her to this community. You can also help other moms find this podcast by leaving a rating and review.